Welcome to this podcast summary of the meeting of the IAASB held in New York City the week of September 21st, 2015. I'm Kathy Healy, Technical Director of the IAASB, and I'm joined by Professor Arnold Childer, Chairman of the Board, Chuck Landis, our Deputy Chair, and IAASB members Annette Kohler, Rich Sharko, and Megan Zietzman. Welcome all. Arnold, could I ask you to start with an overview of this week's meeting? Well, thanks, Kathy. Um, I try to be brief because there was so much. It was, a, I think, very successful meeting. Uh, we discussed all four of our priority projects, which we hope to bring in one project together, quality control, group audits, financial institutions, um, and professional skepticism. And in a minute, we will hear more about that from Megan and others. Um, and a very special focus was the what we call draft invitation to comment, a, a broad discussion paper that we plan to release in December 2015, and which still will require a lot of hard work. But this week was a very good meeting in terms of open discussions on these issues. Um, I reflected a bit in the end on, on what we hope to achieve, what will be kind of a key message with this invitation to comment, and maybe a can summarize that as that the ISAs need to better address the increasing complexity and also new technologies in the business and audit environment and deliver against the public's heightening expectations of quality. And the profile of the auditor of tomorrow is a critical challenger who is supported by a regime focused on public interest and quality management and better observable for stakeholders. And I hope that our invitation to comment will be a strong call for a meaningful and active dialogue with all kinds of stakeholders. Um, so that was an important part of the meeting, um, but we also had the approval of um, revised ISA 800 and ISA 805 under the leadership of Annette Keuler. She will speak to this, but I want to extend my congratulations to her and the team for achieving that. We also had an important uh, part of the meeting dedicated to innovation. Very interesting discussions and, and interesting and relevant guests. And Chuck will speak to that later on. But all in all, from here, um, what will be central is how best to engage our variety of stakeholders on, on key topics. And that's very much at the forefront of our minds. And therefore, we also had specific discussions on readability and accessibility of our documents and the ITC to come. Um, so the importance of the interactions with those many around us, that's a very key area as well, and is in the heart of our audit quality framework. Let me stop there and um, hand over to you, Kathy Beck. Thank you, Arnold. Megan, let's turn to you for a bit more detail of the work of the board on quality control and group audits and the invitation to comment. Thanks, Kathy. Um, let me talk a little bit about the um, sort of the overall approach and, and our discussion of the um, of the forepart of the draft ITC that really is focused on enhancing audit quality. Um, you know, when I reflect back on the discussions that we've had this week during the board meeting, um, but also last week during the meeting of the of the board's consultative advisory group. Um, I think we got some incredibly helpful and very constructive feedback uh, from um, both groups on the draft document and the overall approach. Um, I think we heard that the board continues to be very supportive 
of, of taking the combined approach, of, of taking a, um, a careful look through the, through the issues to really pull out the crossover issues um, and use a combined document to, to really facilitate the consultation on these projects. Uh, we heard comments from the CAG, and then these were echoed by the board, though, that we need to be careful in how we draft the four-part to the document. So it, it needs, to, needs to be engaging. Um, it shouldn't be off-putting um, to people who are maybe not as well enshrined in the technical details or the te technical aspects of these projects. So we were encouraged to look at ways to, to really be as concise as possible, um, but also for the, for the document to be inviting and, and to be appealing um, to a wider target audience than, um, than, than those who may be more focused on the technical aspects. So of note, we heard the need to really make sure that we effectively engage with investors, with audit committees, um, or those charged with governance, and really with the broader community uh, with others who may have an interest in audit quality, um, including, as we heard from our PIOB observer, to look for, for those whom we've maybe not traditionally engaged with. So I think this four-part document is going to be very important um, as the basis for, for seeking input from those groups as well as for the outreach activities that, that will take place. Um, we also heard that it's important that you know we, we message uh, around audit quality, but also make it clear that in this ITC, we're looking for input on those priority projects that we have identified in our work plan. So it's not a broad consultation about everything under the sun, but really to targeted to the issues with respect to the topics covered by the work plan. Um, the CAG and the board also asked the working groups to, to look at the questions, um, and we got some great suggestions for how to refocus certain, the certain of the questions, for how to look at additional questions that might be relevant to ask. Um, but they really, on the, uh, with respect to the four part, looked at a focus on making questions as open-ended as possible. Um, and we again, we got some good detailed suggestions for some of the more uh, technical aspects of, of quality control and group audits which is actually then a good segue into, um, into the next uh, topics around quality control. So we, we had a further discussion um, around the, the specific aspects or issues related to quality control. Um, the quality control working group uh, uh, discussed its views on the areas that the IAASB at its June meeting had asked the working group to revisit, which were quality control throughout the firm and at the network, uh, transparency reporting, the engagement quality control reviewer, uh, and the consideration of the development of a separate standard. So we had good robust discussions around all of those topics and some good thoughts about how to incorporate them into the, uh, into the draft ITC. And then we did a bit of a deeper dive into the deepest, into the, the more technical sections in the, in, the, in the document relating to quality control. And I think we got some great suggestions and comments around um, looking at the responsibilities of the engagement partner, and really highlighting other areas where the issues need to be, or the description of the issues needed to be enhanced to make sure that stakeholders have the appropriate understanding in order to be able to respond effectively. So the working group has some um, good thoughts, good input to, to go away with and work on continuing to refine the messaging um, and crisping up the issues that will be presented in the ITC. Um, then with respect to the group audit section of the document, um, again, the board had some good uh, comments for for the for the working group um, with respect to the the issues as well as the possible actions outlined in the draft document. Um, in particular, I think the group audits uh, working group was was asked to more specifically highlight the practical aspects of the issues that have been presented. Um, and then, in addition, the board was also asked to uh, to give some further consideration to. 
um, really highlighting or asking questions around whether the current approach to group audits remains appropriate, or whether consideration needs to be given in the standard to really coming at it from a, maybe a more broader approach, so maybe a more of a top-down approach as opposed to a bottom-ups, and is there a, a appropriate emphasis in the in the standard on those aspects? Um, and there was a view, there were views expressed that, you know, by refocusing that way, that may actually help with some of the um, the issues at the execution level um, that that have been identified and that arguably are seen to constrain or or, or sort of direct group audits in a particular direction. Um, I think we were also asked to focus on re-looking at making it clear that all the all the ICES apply and that really the ICES 600, which is the group audit standard, is a special consideration standard um, and, and that it kind of layers on top of all of the other, other ICES. Um, and then specifically, and this probably goes back to the comment on highlighting practical issues, um, I think there was also some, there was a request from uh, the board to focus more specifically on the issues related to equity method investments, um, which is specifically uh, mentioned in the work plan and related back to the findings from the ISA implementation monitoring project. So again, the, 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 um, the group audits working group has a lot of good input and will go away and continue to work on refining the, um, the description of the issues and the proposed actions that will appear in the draft ITC. Thanks, Megan. The board's discussions this week on IFRS 9 and financial institutions benefited from significant outreach with banking regulators and supervisors as well as bank auditors. And we've reached a critical decision point for the board about the way forward. Rich, as chair of our working group, can you please tell us some more? The RAWSB continued its discussion on special considerations in the audit of financial institutions. In particular, considering an initial analysis focused on issues raised by IFRS 9 for financial institutions informed by outreach conducted to date. The board considered a proposal to make targeted amendments to ISA 540 where necessary in the near term to address potential audit implications of IFRS 9 in advance of the effective date of 1-1-2018, primarily providing additional guidance for financial institutions. However, as highlighted by the discussion at the IWSB's CAG at its recent meeting, the IWSB determined that most, if not all, of these issues would equally be relevant to audits of fair value accounting estimates more generally and for all entities to which IFRS 9 applies. The IWSB also acknowledged that it will be necessary for the board to raise awareness of the challenges that both preparers and auditors may face with respect to the implementation of IFRS 9 for financial institutions and explain how ISA 540 and other ISAs apply. The IWSB agreed that it would be preferable to commence a more holistic revision of ISA 540 as a matter of priority and progress towards an exposure draft in 2016, rather than take a two-stepped approach with targeted revisions to ISA 540 in the short term um, and longer term ISA 540 holistically, or develop an IPN specific to IFRS 9 for French institutions now. Efforts were also undertaken to develop and issue a publication in the near term to alert auditors and other interested party to the IWSB's work in this area and in consideration of the relevant uh, issues. This publication will also highlight how the extant ISAs and other material addresses the audit issues in relation, in relation to IFRS 9 for financial institutions and signal the IWSB's plans in respect to the issues that are likely to be addressed in the revision to ISA 540. This publication will also include an invitation to provide input on the project to revise ISA 540. 
supplemental activities that may be necessary to address considerations in the audit of financial institutions beyond that will be addressed in the revision of ISA 540 will be considered in the future in light of the prioritization of the standard setting activities. This may include an IAPN in addressing the relationship between auditors and banking supervisors or other specific guidance in relation to financial institutions or on IFRS 9. The IWSB will consider a standard setting project proposal to revise ISA 540 at its December 2015 meeting. Outreach with banking insurance supervisors, regulators, and banking experts, and particularly those with the global public policy of the six largest accounting firms, as well as the International Accounting Standards Board, will continue to be a fundamental aspect of the IWSB's work. In particular, we will focus in relation to financial institutions as well as non-financial institutions, sector stakeholders. Thank you, Rich. And that the board also continued exploring the topic of professional skepticism in the context of an audit of historical financial statements. Can you provide us with a summary of the discussion? Thank you, Kathy, for the question. Um, the IWSB considered conceptual issues related to the topic of professional skepticism, um, primarily um, including how the uh, International Ethics Standards Board for Accountants, uh, as well as the International Accounting Education Standards Board, uh, address professional skepticism, um, as well as the political or potent potential actions that may be appropriate uh, within their collective standards, but also other potential outputs to uh, enhance professional skepticism. I think the uh, use of a joint working group will be particularly helpful in exploring what is needed in the public interest um, in light of the concerns that auditors are not sufficiently exercising professional skepticism. There may be more for the IWSB to do, but um, it is uh, helpful that the working group members can serve as, we think, ambassadors to spurn further consideration by the Ethics and uh, Education Board. We will certainly continue to look to use the uh, opportunity of the ITC that has been mentioned already to start to solicit stakeholder views about professional skepticism and underpin its importance to the specific projects uh, that are on our agenda. Thank you, Annette. As Arnold mentioned, the board also approved ISA 800 revised and ISA 805 revised this week relating to special purpose financial statements. Can you also give us a flavor for the board's discussions? Oh, well, sure I can. I'm, I'm very happy that the board um, unanimously approved the consequential amendments resulting from the new and revised auditor reporting standards to uh, ISA 800 and ISA 805. The consequential amendments explain how enhancements to the auditor's report that the IWSB issued this year relating to general purpose financial statements affect now the auditor's reports on both the financial statements that are prepared in accordance with a special purpose framework and a single financial statement or a specific element account or item of a financial statement. The first is, uh, is uh, worked on in um, ISA 800 revised and the second in ISA 805 revised. Now the, the consequential amendments are limited to reporting in the above engagements. They do not substantively change the underlying premise of audits to which the two standards apply. 
um, ISA 800 revised and uh, ISA 805 revised will be published once the PIOB has approved the due process followed in their development and they will be effective for audits of financial statements for periods ending on or after December 15, 2016. Thank you, Annette. As a reminder to our listeners, the final piece of the board's standard-setting efforts on auditor reporting, which is the exposure draft of ISA 810 revised dealing with summary financial statements, is out for comment until November 2, 2015. So we expect, um, we'd like to encourage our listeners to, to look at that and send us their views as well. Moving on to the topic of innovation, Chuck, perhaps you could give us a bit of details on the board's discussions on integrated reporting, data analytics, and the broader topic of innovation this week. Thank you, Kathy. I'm most happy to. Um, as Arnold mentioned at the start, and as we've already heard, it was a tremendous discussion around uh, what I would call topics dealing with the traditional audit quality. But as you suggest, the board also spent a good bit of time looking at assurance and assurance type of engagements relative to non-financial uh, statement matters. And uh, personally, and I think the rest of the board uh, is, is very excited to, to think about the opportunities for the profession and the very vital and important role that the IAASB has in terms of setting uh, those assurance standards to make sure that they're ready for the profession. Specifically, we talked uh, about three topics that we heard from um, three different working groups, uh, one being the innovation working group, another being data analytics, and also uh, uh, one on integrated reporting. With respect to um, data analytics, um, we heard from Bob Dorr, who chairs that working group on behalf of the IAASB, along with uh, two other presenters, one Professor Mikolos uh, Vassarelli, who is a professor here in the United States at Rutgers University, and who is also the leader of Rutgers Continuous Auditing and Reporting Laboratory, uh, just doing some very, very exciting research around the ideas of continuous auditing. And also from Philip, Philip McCullough, uh, Philip is a partner with KPMG and also an advisor to that Rutgers um, lab. And the two of them, along with Bob, um, gave us a tremendous presentation of how data analytics can be used to perform a more effective audit. And they presented four illustrations uh, that showed how analytics along with technology uh, could, could provide more useful information for the auditor and, and again how that information could then result in a more effective audit. Uh, th these are certainly um, new areas. Uh, they will, as this develops, require the board to think about what changes may be needed uh, to our existing standards to promote and better utilize some of these techniques. But again, it was a, a very exciting presentation and, and one that I know the IAASB 
will want to follow more closely. A second presentation was on uh, cybersecurity and the various threats that we hear about and read about each and every single day. Uh, that presentation uh, was presented by Chris Halderman, uh, who is executive director of EY. Um, and he really pointed out some of the business issues that are present with cybersecurity. And very related to that topic, we also heard uh, an, another very excellent presentation by Wolf Baum. Uh, Wolf is with the uh, German National Standards Center and, and director of Assurance Standards in Germany. And what they're doing in Germany is, is looking at a new project that deals with assurance um, over governance, risk, and compliance, so uh, GRC as they would refer to it. And, and I have to admit, after listening to Wolf, uh, it, it's quite an expansive and will be a very challenging project to think about how one uh, would provide assurance and in what format uh, that assurance might look like. And, and I also found it very, very interesting that as we listen to Wolf and also listen to Chris, how much the issues overlapped. And um, it, it is uh, certainly, I think, gave the board a lot to think about beyond just thinking about standards relative to financial reporting, but really the usefulness of non-traditional financial information and how valuable that is to running an organization in today's very complex world. And so again, gave the board a lot to think about. And then finally, we also heard an update on integrated reporting. Uh, the board continues to monitor that and think about assurance in that space. And um, certainly uh, one of the outcomes of, of this week's discussion was the board's support for the development of a discussion paper um, exploring assurance-related issues and the new developments around integrated reporting. So certainly a, a, a just a very exciting time and uh, just a wonderful opportunity for the board to hear about some of these new and exciting projects. Interesting topics indeed, Chuck. Thank you. Before we wrap up, I'd like to take this opportunity to announce that the IWSB is now tweeting under the handle at IWSB News. So we look forward to our listeners following us to stay abreast of the board's important developments. The next physical meeting of the board will be held the week of December 7th, 2015 in New York City. The board will also hold a teleconference at the end of October. In addition to seeking to finalize the ITC, at the December meeting, the board will also consider a standard-setting project proposal related to ISA 540, as Rich mentioned, a synthesis of academic research on professional skepticism, an annual update from the IAA, from the International Accounting Standards Board in the context of our, our liaison working relationship there, further issues related to the agreed upon procedures and hybrid engagements product, project. And the board will also have the opportunity to hear feedback from the Ethics Board in relation to their project addressing noncompliance with laws and regulations. 
again, as a reminder to our listeners, the board, the IAASB currently has an exposure draft out for comment that deals with some limited changes to the ISAs and other standards to align with the ethics board's proposals. And that's open for comment through October 21st, 2015. This concludes the podcast summary of the IAASB's September 2015 meeting. Meeting highlights and a full audio recording of the board discussions are also available on the IAASB website. Thank you for listening. Thank you.